Hey guys, welcome to the Quacks Podcast. So today I want to talk about a doctor who has had a massive influence on medicine, but is widely regarded as a quack. So <laughs> perfect for this show. But before we jump into that, I do want to give you a few updates on previous show topics, specifically grounding and the last show on cooling and HRV. So how I have been using grounding has changed for me since that uh, Clint show. When I first started using the mats and the sheets, I was using them all the time. Uh, I would have the bracelet on as I moved through my house. I would wear it from room to room. Uh, I was sleeping with the sheets. I was basically trying to be grounded as often as possible. And it was great. Uh, I felt total relaxation, uh, just a desire to kind of lay around. But around uh, the one-month mark, let's say, that flipped. Um, grounding started giving me a lot of energy, especially whenever I would be in contact with the mats or the sheets for prolonged periods. Uh, the bracelet was maybe a little weaker. Uh, it was, it was kind of like the more surface area of my body exposed to grounding, the faster this energy would build up in me. And I actually, had a, I actually started having trouble sleeping. Um, I would lay down on this grounding sheet and just be wide awake. Uh, and it wasn't like a bad awakeness. I didn't feel overstimulated or anything. Uh, I was just up and ready to do things. So I have stopped using the grounding mat during sleep, stopped the sheet, uh, and I only use it now while I am at my computer with either the bracelet or the mat around my legs, my, my feet. And this seems to be working very well for me. Um, I know many of you got into grounding after that Clint episode. You know, he was awesome. So just be on the lookout for something like this. If you are using grounding a lot, uh, it can switch it up on you. Now, uh, for the skin cooling, the glabrous skin cooling, I think I was a bit conservative in the last show in warning that you can't cool your hands too much or you would cause vasoconstriction. Now, this is true, but I have found while experimenting that the point where you cause vasoconstriction is colder than how I probably came across in the episode. Uh, I start out, you know, just like I said, running cool water over my hands and face to cool down, you know, after burpees and, and stuff like that. This worked okay, but I didn't really notice much. I have found that the best way to do this is to get a water bottle and put it in the fridge overnight or put it in the freezer for an hour or two. Uh, the bottle is the best temperature when it starts to form ice, but before it's like a solid block of ice. And I hold that water bottle in my hands and my body cools down fast. It's pretty amazing. It works just like they said it would. Um, I, even do, I even do it sometimes during the day when it gets particularly hot here. Uh, so like right now, while I'm recording this episode, I have the AC turned off so it's not loud. I have the fans turned off. And so it can get kind of hot. I have a cold water bottle. <clears throat> excuse me. I have a cold water bottle down by my on the, on one of my bottom feet and it's helping me stay cool. So um, it's a really neat trick where you can go from sweaty and uncomfortable to feeling fine by just grabbing one of these water bottles in just a few minutes. So um, if the trick isn't working for you yet, try to get a colder water bottle. Lastly, with HRV, I've been measuring it every morning. Uh, my average HRV is around 65 to 67, so I'm kind of smack, like right dab in the middle of average for my age. Uh, in the last episode, I didn't have the app that I recommended. You know, I, I kind of gave you the, the belt that was good that goes around the strap, uh, but the app I like, I started using this Elite HRV is the app. It pairs really nicely with the chest strap that I bought uh, that was in the show notes. 
Elite HRV, it has this morning wellness score. It's very easy to set up. You just push a button. It does all the work. Uh, so I would really recommend Elite HRV for the application you use uh, if you're going to try this. I'm not affiliated with them in any way, you know, not making money off them or anything, but they did seem to be very easy to use. And it'll tell you cool things. It'll tell you, you know, if you push it a little bit too hard the day before, you know, you should have a rest or maybe you're ready to go work out today. It's pretty cool. All right. So let's talk about Dr. Sarno, uh, who accomplished some pretty amazing things. So Dr. Sarno graduated from medical school in the 1950s and started practicing physical medicine. He was a back doctor, uh, so he treated back pain, and he treated it basically just the way all doctors treat back pain. He would do scans, he would recommend surgery if it was needed, use steroids, he'd use anti-inflammatories, physical therapy, and funnily enough, this is basically still how back pain is treated today. <laughs> the medical industry really hasn't made much advancement since then. You know, we get this idea that science marches forward, but some areas in medicine and in other scientific areas, they're, they're frozen. You know, they've been frozen for decades. But Dr. Sarno, he found that these methods of treating back pain were not that effective. And seemingly, they were very random. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they did nothing. Uh, surgery was very spotty. Sometimes people would have to come back for, you know, surgery after surgery with some temporary relief, or their pain would be fine in one area, but then it would move to another area after surgery. So bottom line, the whole method of treating back pain wasn't really working for him. I think he said he gave it something like seven to eight years, maybe a decade of doing it in this traditional way until he started looking for ways to treat people differently. Now, at the time, in the 1960s and 70s, there was a lot of interest in how the mind may be causing physical symptoms. And this was called uh, psychosomatic illness. Uh, these are illnesses that are caused by our minds, which generate physical symptoms. And the idea started with Freud, who theorized that suppressed ideas could come out in physical manifestations. Now, Freud was obsessed with sexual ideas, probably because of all the coke he was on. So he thought a lot of physical symptoms were caused by suppressed sexual desires. But Dr. Sarno theorized that back pain may be a psychosomatic illness, meaning you know primarily caused by the mind, but unlike Freud, he thought that suppressed emotions, not ideas, were causing back pain. So to explain this, Dr. Sarno used the mental model from Freud, who famously uh, divided up the mind into id, ego, and superego. Now, as an aside, there are, you know, no brain structures that cause these three categories. They aren't real in the sense that you can point to an area in the brain and say, yeah, there's the ego. Uh, these are simply what Freud observed in his patients. Uh, they represent categories of thinking. So there's no real way to prove these wrong. It was just kind of like how he did things, how he saw things. But let's run through what each of those three categories are real quick because it does explain a lot of how Dr. Sarno's method works. So the id is the unconscious part of us, sometimes called the inner child. The id is not rational. Uh, it has strong desires and reactions. It's primal. Uh, it's been with us since birth. Anger and rage, uh, desire, hunger, fear of death, all of these basic things live in the id, and the id operates out of the principle that whatever it wants, it wants right 
now. <laughs> There's no such thing as delaying gratification from the id. It's now or never. Basically, think of a two-year-old throwing a tantrum. That is uh, a perfect representation of the id. Now, the ego is our conscious mind that filters the id and helps us live normally in our society and culture. So the ego is a thing that deals with reality and delays gratification so that other, um, you know, other people can live with us peacefully. It's pretty straightforward. Now, the superego, it's like a parent or moral code that is telling the ego and id how they should be according to some type of morality, a learned morality. Uh, you could say that where the ego is very pragmatic, the superego is idealistic. And more importantly, the superego can cause guilt, pressure, uh, pain when it isn't listened to. Uh, and that's, that's going to be important to remember. We're going to come back to that. So Dr. Sarno took this model and he found that through our lives, when we don't express our emotions, we deposit them into our unconscious, almost like a bank account. Now, these emotions are coming from the id, so they include desires, angers, and sadness. Uh, these emotions are also coming from pressures by the superego, which is saying, uh, you have to act this way to be a good person, and you made a mistake there, and you need to be better at work, and you know all those kinds of things to try and cajole you into being what is considered a good person in your mind. So you have this suppression bank account that can hold a certain amount of anger, sadness, guilt, and pressure before it fills up and it starts spilling over into our conscious mind because that, that's kind of what the act of suppression is. It's taking something that's trying to come to the forefront into our attention and it's saying, no, 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 push that back into the unconscious. And so we only have a little, uh, you know, a little space, a, ba a little bank account before we can't suppress anymore. Now, the most intense of these emotions is rage. Now, rage is created if we suppress anger over and over again. It builds up in the unconscious, the id, uh, until it boils so hot that it turns into rage. So you can imagine something bugging you, kind of annoying you, and then something else happens that also bugs you, and then it happens again and again until finally, you know, it isn't frustration you're feeling anymore, but you're just like angry out of your mind. It's that That's rage. Now, when anger turns into rage and starts spilling over into the conscious mind, it becomes very dangerous. Out of all the emotions, so uh, mad, sad, glad, or afraid, those are the main four categories. Out of all of these, anger is probably the most dangerous and has the potential to get us killed. Uh, you know, for example, if you are driving and you go into a rage, you can kill someone or you can kill yourself in some road rage accident. And your mind understands this. It gets that rage is some toxic stuff. And so it wants to help. And when the mind sees this rage build up, it looks at the situation and says, you know, this rage is very dangerous. If it blows up, bad things could happen. It's better that I distract myself from this rage than express it. And it does this by causing pain and other symptoms within the body. Uh, and pain works very well as a, as a distraction because physical symptoms can take up our whole attention. Uh, people can become obsessed with their pain and shape their entire life through trying to avoid it. So to the mind, causing pain can be uh, mission accomplished. You know, we did it in, in avoiding the rage. So Dr. Sarno, he found that the mind can be very sneaky about this whole process. Uh, it may wait 
until you tweak your back getting up from a chair wrong or or maybe you have a bad swing in when you're playing a tennis game and bam the mind uses that event to give you tennis elbow or lower back pain and you may think oh i caused the strain by my actions but in reality it is your mind using that event to cause you pain all right so summarize real quick uh we suppress our emotions when these emotions, you know, when it's anger and it accumulates, it turns into rage. And then the body distracts from that rage by causing pain in the body. And this pain is very real. Um, Dr. Sarno reiterates this over and over again. He coined the phrase tension myoneural syndrome or tension myositis syndrome. Uh, they're the same thing, TMS. Uh, and it describes this psychomatic, psychosomatic pain, which standard medical treatments don't work well on. Now, some people read his work and they think, oh, you know, he's saying the pain is all in your head. You know, it's like a reverse placebo. And they treat people suffering with TMS like they are stupid or morally inferior or hypochondriacs. The pain is real. The mind, you know, the mind isn't making it up. The mind uses nerves and blood flow to lower the oxygen content of those muscles, which then causes very real pain. It isn't phantom pain. Now, the point of the origin of the pain may be within the mind, but it's not an illusion. So that, that's the groundwork of Dr. Sarno's stuff. But how do you know if you are one of these people who is suffering from TMS? Well, interestingly enough, when Dr. Sarno interviewed people, he found that certain personality types are more prone to TMS than others. So these traits included being a perfectionist, uh, hard driving and a harsh critic of themselves and others. Uh, they're more likely to put pressure on themselves to achieve, succeed, and push through difficulties. So you could kind of think of these as type A personality characteristics, but there are more. Uh, Dr. Sarno found that people who are very concerned with being good, compliant, and helpful, uh, people pleasers, and those seeking approval, these people will tend to push down anger and other emotions that can then build up and start causing physical symptoms. Some other characteristics are those who worry a lot, uh, those who are competitive, they're compulsive and irritable, uh, have low self-esteem, feelings of inferiority, uh, they carry a strong sense of responsibility. Now, interestingly enough, these characteristics often drive these people to be very accomplished and successful in their fields. So to kind of summarize, you can you can see it's like people who are insecure. There's, there's the ones who are, uh, it's almost the masculine version, which is the hard driving type A personality. And then the feminine version, which is, he would call like the goodest, which is somebody who wants to re be really good and agreeable and happy and loving all the time. Um, these two sides tend to suppress emotions to continue on with how they want to be. So Dr. Sarno decided to start treating patients as if their condition was psychosomatic. And amazingly, it, it worked. <laughs> patients who were told that their back pain was caused by their mind and they went through his process, they got better. And he had amazing results. Something like 80% of his patients went from pain in their back, trunks, or limbs to absolutely no pain. Not pain reduced by half or you know, getting some range of motion back. No, absolutely no pain. And some of these people were bed bound. They'd been in terrible situations, terrible pain for decades. And after talking to Dr. Sarno uh, or reading one of his books, they were out exercising and living their lives free of pain. 
And it wasn't just pain either, I should say. Uh, Dr. Sarno started identifying many symptoms that he had good reason to believe were caused by suppressed rage. So in addition to pain, these included stomach aches, GERD, acid reflux, uh, basically all the different irritable bowel problems, headaches, uh, and migraines, he thought, were also uh, almost solely due to emotions. Uh, sore throats, allergies, skin conditions like hives and psoriasis. Dr. Sarno thought that many dermatologists could could use his work successfully, and they might even get put out of business. Autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Uh, In his second book, he mentions autoimmune diseases as particularly tragic because real damage is done to the body. Even if the emotions are finally released, the, the damage may stay. And lastly, cancer and heart disease could often be connected to emotions. And Dr. Sarno, he found all these conditions could, at times, be straight up just cured by approaching them as psychosomatic. So, just really amazing stuff. But let's talk about his approach. How can you get out of pain or other symptoms that Dr. Sarno talks about? Well, the process is about shifting the attention away from the physical symptoms that are screaming at you to pay attention to them, and back onto the emotions and the thoughts that are driving those emotions. This is kind of funny because... I'm just thinking of all the yoga and meditation I used to do and the instructors always saying, focus on your body, on your breathing. This is like the exact opposite process. Stop focusing on your body. (laughs) So what Dr. Sarno would do is he would interview you first and he'd make sure something else other than TMS wasn't going on. So you don't have some massive tumor pressing on your spine. And I should say here, he did not consider most of what doctors talk about causing pain as good reasons for pain. Because uh, I, I can see some of you thinking like, okay, well, maybe this works for some of Dr. Sarno's patients, but I have a herniated disc and that's what's causing my pain. No, common physical problems in the structures of the back and our spine, like herniated discs, bone spurs, scoliosis, he considered these as totally normal. And in fact, they don't actually correlate that well with pain. Uh, there was a study that backed this up in 1994, which showed that there are many people with these issues, sometimes multiple bulging discs and other problems, who have no pain at all. And like I mentioned before, people will get surgery to fix these problems, and whether surgery actually gets rid of the pain or not, it's totally random. And that's because surgery is not actually treating the problem in these people's cases, which is suppressed rage. So if Dr. Sarno interviewed you, and he didn't find anything that he considered a real problem, he would invite you to his lectures on the topic and have you discuss your pain with groups of other people suffering from TMS. And usually this awareness was enough to get rid of most people's pain in a matter of weeks. And this is this is the entire enchilada right here. Once someone realized that A, their back pain was caused by their mind, and B, it was caused by strongly suppressed emotions, in particular rage, and you know maybe they had a clue of what those emotions could be about, often that was all that was really needed for pain to completely stop. It, it's almost like the mind, it sees that its strategy of distracting from emotions by causing physical symptoms is not working anymore, and so it stops causing those physical symptoms. However, uh, if he found that the pain did not go away, or maybe the pain did go away in one spot, but it you know transferred to somewhere else, Uh, Like maybe you had a bad back and then that went away, but now your legs all of a sudden started hurting. Well, in that case, he would recommend going to therapy with a therapist that in particular specialized in an analytical process. 
Dr. Sarno divided therapy into two different methods. There was behavioral and analytical. Uh, behavioral is about changing behavior through exposure, habits, you know, that kind of thing. Analytical is about looking at your past, uh, getting to the bottom of why things happened the way they did, or, you know, why you behave like you do in an unconscious way, given what has occurred in your past. Uh, I think of it kind of like, like as, as therapy that brings ahas, you know, you do things and you go, aha, that's why I do something. Uh, shout out to mom on her aha book. So that was basically his entire method. He would examine you. He would make sure nothing was really wrong with you and then tell you your back pain was being caused by your mind from suppressed rage. <laughs> uh, he would teach you about that. And usually that did the trick. And if it didn't, off to the therapist you would go until you figured out what was uh, what you were suppressing, what was wrong with you. Now, the crazy thing about it to me is that the healing occurred in the moment of realization. You know, all of these people, they got over pain, allergies, skin conditions, heart disease, cancer, all these things from realizing something about themselves. Think about that. And that can change your entire paradigm of how you live and view your life. Just your realization can change your reality. Uh, if I was going to rename this podcast, it would definitely play on that theme because the whole point is to give you knowledge or realization that will radically alter your reality for the better. Anyway, let's say you don't have access to a doctor who is like Dr. Sarno and you want to do this on your own. Well, you can. Uh, Dr. Sarno only worked in the New York area, but millions of people have read his books and cured themselves of all kinds of pain. So to do that, you probably want to start by listening or reading to one or two of his books. Uh, I listened on Audible to the Mind-Body Prescription and the Divided Mind. I think the Mind-Body Prescription was probably more conducive to healing. The Divided Mind is more theoretical about how the mind works and gets into Freud more. His first book is called Healing Back Pain, uh, and it is the most famous one, so that would also be a good place to start. Uh, but it was only three hours long on Audible, and I kind of wanted to get a better bang for my buck, so I went with the mind-body prescription, which was, I think, six hours or eight hours. But anyway, I think either one of those first two books, the mind-body one or Healing Back Pain, would be appropriate for healing. Now, after that, after you read his books, Take some time out of each day, maybe 15 or 20 minutes, to write a list of all the things that are affecting you emotionally, and especially things you couldn't express at the time. You'll want to put on your list everything that is a pressure or responsibility, things like your job, your spouse, if you are married, uh, your kids, if you have them. You know, your rational mind will say, oh, I love my kids, and it will perhaps suppress frustration and anger at them or their demands, and that can easily be bottled up. Remember, your id is not rational. It does not think, oh, uh, I shouldn't be angry about this, so I won't be. Anything that is causing you anger, you want to put on that list. And a good way to do this is just ask yourself, what am I angry about? And feel the place in your heart and your head where your anger usually resides and see what thoughts come up. Something will come up. You'll be amazed. And like I said, remember the id, the inner child, the unconscious, whatever you call it, it is not rational. So your list of angers, it may look ridiculous. In fact, the, the irrational anger is probably the most likely to be suppressed because your rational brain will say, hey, you're, you're really not justified in being angry over this. So just, just remember that. Um, your list may look like a bunch of frivolous things. That is good. The point is to bring these angers to the surface so they do not fester into body symptoms. 
And once you have your list, go into each bullet point with as much detail as possible. You know, write an essay if you can. Really get into it and detail exactly how it is making you feel and what you wish had happened instead, uh, or who you wish had done something differently. The more detail you can write, the more it will be expunged from your inner self and the freer you will be. So to give you an example, if you write, I am annoyed because I was late to yoga practice today. Well, that may be helpful, but it's not nearly as helpful as, I am annoyed I was late to yoga practice today because I got stuck behind an old lady driving a Cadillac on a one-lane street. She refused to pull over when I flashed my lights at her, which is just so typical of that generation. They have all the time in the world because they're getting all the government programs and social security payments, which my generation will never see. And I'm trying to get things done. And I have a huge list of things to do. Uh, and yoga, it's just one of the things that makes me feel grounded for a day. And I miss the warm up, which is one of the best parts. And I just wish I could get some time off to relax instead of constantly trying to get everything done. And it's not, if it's not done perfectly, I just hear about it from everybody and, and on and on. You get the idea. If the more detailed you do, the, the better it will be. And if you stick to this, you're probably going to start getting to some really deep things, you know, anger and rage about events from long ago. Uh, and this goes along with something really interesting that Freud said about the id. It has no sense of time. It's purely in the moment, meaning if it suffered an insult that caused anger, that anger stays fresh forever. It can be just as mad that it lost its favorite toy today as it was 30 years ago, if that anger is not expressed. So don't be surprised if some very irrational old emotions come out. That is perfectly acceptable and normal. Now, in addition to that, it may also be helpful to read daily uh, this list of 12 reminders that Dr. Sarno had. So I'll go through those real quick. Number one, the pain is due to TMS, not to a structural abnormality. Number two, the direct reason for the pain is mild oxygen deprivation. Number three, TMS is a harmless condition caused by my repressed emotions. Number four, the principal emotion is my repressed anger. Number five, TMS exists only to distract my attention from the emotions. Number six, since my back or leg or, you know, whatever pain uh, that you have is basically normal, there is nothing to fear. Number seven, therefore, physical activity is not dangerous. Number eight, and I must resume all normal physical activity. Number nine, I will not be concerned or intimidated by the pain. Number 10, I will shift my attention from pain to the emotional issues. Number 11, I intend to be in control, not my subconscious mind. Number 12, I must think psychological at all times, not physical. So that is the legacy of Dr. Sarno, who I really had no idea about, uh, but who helped people for decades and revolutionized the idea of mind-body and TMS. As I learned about his process, a few things really amazed me. So first, I was amazed at just how many different things that look like real reasons for pain end up being caused by the mind. So tennis elbow, carpal tunnel syndrome, bulging disc, allergies, you name it, all of these problems, according to Dr. Sarno, have some root in the mind. His other key insight that I think differentiates it from other mind-body approaches is the focus on rage. Usually when I hear someone talk about using your mind to overcome your physical issues, I roll my eyes a bit because I have tried a lot of that. You know, meditate your problems away. If you can feel it, you can heal it, all that. And what they all suffer from is a lack of process and specificity. 
you know, they're, they're too broad in nature and they require you to try and figure out where your mind believes something that is wrong. And, and sometimes you can just go down a rabbit hole doing that. But Dr. Sarno, he was able to get a list of illnesses that he is confident begin in the mind and then specifically target anger and rage as the emotion to pursue. To pursue. And I, I, I really dig that. I like the specificity there. Because really, when you think about it, what is the difference between a protocol and like a philosophy on health? Well, it's just how specific it is. And over time... I've really come to appreciate protocols more than philosophy. I mean, maybe I have the philosophy down, but I really appreciate really specific things because those things you can test and see if they work for you. The other thing I want to add on to this is that while Dr. Sarno's approach is bringing the focus from the, bio, from the, the body to the mind, that is only in one direction. You know, you're treating the mind to heal the body. In my experience, you can go both ways. You can treat the body to heal the mind if you have accuracy and specificity. And what I mean by that is I have had some of my greatest realizations after treating my body very well or uh, removing a large body stress that I had just become aware of. A good example of this is the whole raw meat example, uh, the, the raw meat experiment from last year. It gave me energy and confidence to tackle some really long-standing inner conflicts that have been with me since childhood. Wes, the raw meat guy that I interviewed, also said something similar about raw meat, helping him mature. Um, so there is something about giving your body something that it needs or, or taking something away that is stressing it that unlocks the energy for the mind to work. And I think this explains why some people you talk to have had the same problems for many years, despite wanting to change, while other people, they put their mind to something and change happens. It's all about how much energy you have available to do that. And so you can unlock that energy through treating the body. But I guess, you know, if you had asked Mr. Dr. Sarno, he would probably say there's risk there in focusing too much on the body than the mind. I'm not sure. Um, so I think that's about it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Let me know what you think of this topic. Either shoot me a message or comment below. And have you read Dr. Sarno's books and healed from debilitating pain? I'd love uh, to hear the story if you have. There are definitely you know many comments and stories out there about him, which are just some of the best healing stories I have ever read. You know, people getting up from being a zombie for years. So it's, it's very impressive. Um, I'm excited to start incorporating his stuff into my own health and maybe writing about things that cause rage in particular. So let me know what you think. Have a great rest of your week. Be well.